0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I've got a really special dude with me here today the one and only bill castle oh, the
1: one and only wow okay. uh, do you know of
0: another bill castle
1: uh, i do actually there okay is, there is well, another bill castle Wait to for, come on uh, my
0: show and call me a liar bill for
1: our purposes <laughs> i'll be the one and only bill castle so that works right.
0: for me works for me uh thanks for being with me here today bill uh you you're one of the presenters here at the momentum 21 conference um you've had a really cool life of ministry you've been involved in uh broadcast and you've written a book i um, super excited to dive into this based on the conversation we were having about this already. Uh, we're going to be talking about the truth that no one else has told you about the Bible. Dun, dun, dun! Right after this. Welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show, everyone. Before we get started, I gotta tell you that this episode and our presence, Awakened Catholic's presence here at the Momentum 21 Catholic Marketing Network Conference is all made possible by Select International Tours. Select is an incredible group of people They're like family now. You know what? I might spend Christmas with Select International Tours instead of my own family. I think Alina will understand. Anyways, super excited to get to partner with them, to work with them on uh, the Awaken Catholic work that we do, the pilgrimages that we're going on with them. If you want to learn more, please make sure to visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. And you know what? We're doing two pilgrimages with them this year, but they got lots more going on too. So if the two that we have going on with them don't quite work for your schedule, or you just want to see what other locations are being hit up. Um, please check out selectinternationaltours.com/awaken. Thank you, Select, for your loving embrace of Awaken Catholic. Bill. Ah. Here we are.
1: Here we are. Here MT. we are. Oh, my. We're actually spending a lot of time together. We did that presentation yesterday. Yes. Boy, okay, we're getting getting to know each other.
0: We are indeed. We had a good phone call the other day, too, getting ready for that presentation. Uh, So how long have you been in broadcast?
1: Uh, Off and on all my life, Uh, and that is quite literally true. I started out as a child entertainer. I was a regular on a TV show in Philadelphia called the Children's Hour and this is back in the 1950s i started at age 3 and i was on it to age 8 was that so, like a
0: pbs thing or no
1: it was it was a local show produced uh, on channel 10 which at that time was the cbs affiliate in philadelphia and over the years since then i've been in a number of different music groups and uh, different uh, theater things and all kinds of stuff i uh, was involved in a, in a in an early uh Catholic music uh, entertainment ministry back in the 80s uh, with a group called Company. Uh, We were kind of forerunners of the Catholic independent uh, music movement, and uh, so off and on I've had all kinds of experience. I was even on my college radio station, if you can believe that. I
0: I do believe you. I know you would never lie to me, Bill. All
1: right. Well, there you go. (laughs) But uh, uh, in more recent years, I've done program work with Ave Maria Radio, uh, developed a series of music and comedy specials with them. I created a 90-minute special looking at some uh, up-and-coming Catholic musical artists. And since my retirement from the Ave Maria Foundation, which is the umbrella organization for that that ministry, uh, I have uh, done work with Good Shepherd Catholic Radio, which is the EWTN affiliate in South Central Michigan, based in Jackson, Michigan, and this program has been on the air for about a year and a half now. It started out on a monthly schedule and now we've moved up to a weekly schedule. So while we've been here, I've been getting all kinds of interviews in the can and uh, looking forward to developing many programs. So uh, that's what I'm up to. (laughs) That
0: was a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, I should say my, my current program is called Free Expression. Okay. And it's all about communicating the faith in whatever way, about writing, about online media, Preaching, uh, pilgrimages, even. I interviewed Steve Ray, who is a well-known uh, tour director and pilgrimage yeah. leader. Uh, whatever way in which the faith and the gospel can be communicated, that's what we're interested in. And then we're also focus. We also focus, especially on the freedom to do that. First Amendment issues. Uh, questions of cancellation and censorship. We deal with all of those. I recently interviewed a representative of the, of the Alliance defending freedom, and they're very interested in First Amendment issues. So uh, anything that has to do with communicating the faith, that's, that's my thing.
0: It does seem that way because you didn't just stop there, Bill.
1: Oh, well, no. Heavens. You
0: dominated the world of Catholic broadcast, and then you were like, <laughs> I'm not done. I am not finished here. <laughs> I got to dominate the world of pr- the printed oh, word.
1: Well, here we are. Okay. There's nothing better than, than a plug. All right, there you are. This is, whoops, Yeah, let's see if we can get rid of the, the, the glare. glare a little yeah. Bit. This is my novel. It's called My Brother's Keeper, and it is about the Holy Family, but it's a, a little bit different take on the Holy Family. Uh, most people think of the Holy Family as Jesus, Mary, and the baby Jesus, or as Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus, but. Uh, in my telling, it's a little bit larger than that, a little bit more of an extended family.
0: Yeah, like a little I, Brady Bunch action.
1: Yeah, in a way, in a way.
0: <laughs> the holy Brady Bunch. And
1: I dug back into some ancient documents like the Proto-Evangelion of James and some of the Gnostic writings and that sort of thing, oh which, boy. which were circulating at the time mm-hmm. and, and circulating quite widely. There were a lot of groups who, were, who had a wildly different take on yeah. the Christian story. Oh, well, there still are.
0: are there, you, you, I had yeah, a you I bet. had a professor in college who, man, the, some of the stuff he told us, <laughs> and he had us all reading the the book of I think it was called the book of Enoch, the book of Jubilee. Oh my! Uh, yeah. Like there was just all this stuff, and it's like, bruh. Get a different hobby.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, this, there's this fascination with the secret life of yes. Jesus and did he have a wife and all those. Oh, of course, we have the Da Vinci Code yes. and all of these various yes. movies, and they've all explored these ideas one way or another. Well, well
0: Bill, I do need to tell you something. Uh, apparently, I am myself a descendant of the union between Jesus and Mary Magdalene.
1: Uh, well, there. <laughs> so I was having this conversation <laughs> with uh,
0: Dr. Marlon uh, De La Torre, who has the same last name as I do, spelled exactly the same way. But uh, we apparently are—we, I mean, we're not related that we know of. Anyways, we were—we ran into each other, and I'm gonna have him on the show at some point, either later today or tomorrow. And, you know, in passing, we're trying to figure out, like, where are we related, you know, because his family's from Mexico, my family's from Cuba. And if you go back another generation, both of our families are from Spain. So it's entirely possible Uh that at the Spanish level that we are related. He mentioned, you know, a (laughs) bunch of our families from like uh, a bunch of our family has Arabic roots. And I was just like, I know, Hmm. I know, because apparently we are the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. our family. So I have this, I, obviously it's ridiculous. Please, viewers, <laughs> listeners, hear me. I do not actually think I'm a descendant of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Um, I have this uncle who was gifted when his father passed away um, a family tree that was like this really um, intricate and and beautiful and like heavy-duty document, like scroll thing. And it was gifted to them when his father passed away from the Spanish government. Hmm. Okay and when he followed this family tree he started doing research and looking into different things apparently there's this guy called Clovis who was one of the founders of France and he's in our family tree and like and, you, and he went he dug he dug deep wow and apparently and this wow. is where my my great uncle lost his mind here we are the descendants we are the holy
1: grail uh, I wouldn't give up on that idea. You might be entitled to some royalties from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> I'd pursue that if I were you. Get a good lawyer. Yeah.
0: All right. So back to truth. Um, please, I hope I don't get canceled by the Catholic World over that. Just being transparent. Um, so, but the idea is that in, in your book, as, as you were telling me before we started the show, that there are though, even though that idea of like what the Holy Grail is, all of that is, is malarkey. But, but. There are, though, things in the scriptures that don't tell, don't give us a full enough yeah. picture of yeah. some of the ins and outs of the way that things actually might have been. Right. And we've kind of filled in the blanks with stuff that really might not be the way that it was?
1: Uh, There are all kinds of theories, yeah, by all means. There are lots of unanswered questions. There are lots of tantalizing little tidbits, suggestions about what might have been going on and who those people were. And consequently, a lot of theories have developed over the years and been handed down. Uh, I, in, in the sources that I went to, it described Joseph as an older man who had been widowed. He was married before, and by his first wife he had a number of children. In my telling, uh, James, whom the Bible describes as the brother of the Lord, is the youngest of his children from that late wife. Uh, another tradition that exists is that Mary was raised in the temple. She was devoted to the service of the Lord by her parents Joachim and Anna and spent her childhood in the temple. So what happens in my story is that Mary is approaching the age when she is going to start having her period and therefore be ritually unclean so she can't stay in this community of women in the temple. Okay, so. Joachim has a problem. What's he going to do with her? She is a very devout young woman. She wishes to retain her virginity. She wishes to dedicate herself to the service of the Lord. She doesn't want to marry, but Joachim has a problem. What's he going to do? He's getting old. He's sick. His wife has already died, so he has to make an arrangement. He goes to his good friend and neighbor, Joseph, who is a man of uh, some accomplishments. Uh, Joseph, we know, uh, is described in the Greek as a tecton, which is a bit more than a carpenter. We always call him the carpenter, but it's a bit more than that. It's a builder, it's a craftsman, it's a stone worker. It, it encompasses a lot of ideas. So the picture I paint is that Joseph is kind of a small businessman. He, he builds houses, he, uh, grow, he, he has a crew of workers. They go to the nearby Roman city of Sepphoris and they have built a lot of the structures there and he's become successful. He's become known in his community as a man of faith and accomplishment. so Joachim goes to him and says, Joseph, I want you to do me this big favor. I want you to take Mary as your wife, but there's a catch. You can't have her as an ordinary wife. She wishes to retain her purity, and you're an older man. I think I can trust you. Well, that's a lot to ask, but Joseph eventually agrees. He takes Mary as his wife, brings her into the household, And then all kind of wild stuff ensues because you can imagine the daughter of of Joachim, who was a wealthy man, who this daughter has lived in the temple and had a very different kind of life. The influence that she has on the household is unexpected. There's some resistance among the wives of Joseph's other sons. All kinds of domestic complications ensue. But all of that moves on. We get to the Christmas story. Joseph takes Mary to Bethlehem because of this friction that has been created in the household and kind of disappears for a while. And nobody knows what happened. Of course, we know that Joseph went to Egypt, but the family hasn't heard from him for a while. And James is about to have his uh, bar mitzvah and father isn't there and a whole lot of questions. So there are many, many complications and plot twists in this whole thing. But to capsulize the thrust of the story, James wants to be a rabbi. He goes to Jerusalem, eventually he's accepted by the great Hillel, the great Jewish sage. Uh, He becomes a man of learning and distinction, and Joseph, when he is on his deathbed, calls his son James to him and says, James, I'm worried about your little brother. This Jesus is starting to cause some controversy and turmoil, and I'm afraid there's going to be problems down the line. You are the one who has to look out for your little brother. And so the title of the book, James Becomes His Brother's Keeper. And the story then proceeds through the period of Jesus' active ministry and all of the turmoil that ensues as a result of all of that, right up to the trial before Pilate when James has to debate with the high priest Caiaphas and try to save his little brother and all of that very dramatic scene there. And of course... James doesn't succeed. We know that that the crucifixion takes place and James feels that he has let his brother down. He has not fulfilled his promise to his father. But in the end, post-crucifixion, as the Bible tells us, Jesus does appear to James. And in that scene, he reveals to him who he really is and what this is all about. And he commissions James to be the leader of the first Jerusalem Christian community. And then the Bible tells us that James played a key role in the Council of Jerusalem and brokering the deal between Peter and Paul and all of that stuff. So that's the idea. James is actually a character who has some prominence in the writings of that period. He was referred to as James the Just. He was a man of distinction and great learning, highly respected. So I've taken all of these various threads and I've woven them into a story that I hope is plausible and that I hope people will enjoy and maybe answer some of the questions that uh, the Bible doesn't answer completely.
0: Yeah! Wow, I'm getting I'm getting strong vibes of like the the Chosen series. Have you watched the Chosen?
1: I'm aware of it, but I have not seen it. No, but it, yeah, but from what I know about it, you're right. It could be could be something like
0: that. Yeah, in the sense that um, they are artistically filling in a lot of blanks yeah. that mm-hmm. I think is done in a very reverent and uh, sensible way. They're not they're not overstepping. They're they aren't. Um, Yeah, they're really just helping paint a picture that is faithful to Scripture, faithful to other historical sources, and it seems like, and they're creating a narrative around that, and it seems like you've done a very similar thing with My Brother's Keeper, and I think that's very cool.
1: Well, I hope that it will help people in one particular way. It, It seems strange to say it, but I think that the Bible in some instances is actually kind of a stumbling block to faith because it leaves so much unanswered. For instance, here we have Jesus who's a fine man, much admired, going around healing the sick, raising the dead, teaching wonderful, uplifting lessons, forgiving sins, saving people's lives. What's not to like about that? Yeah. Who wants to condemn a guy like that to such a horrible, gruesome death on the cross? Not me. And I think a lot of people would look at that and say, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they would turn away from the story because of that. So I'm trying to make some of those connections. I'm trying to show some plausible reasons why things happened the way yeah. they did. And hopefully, it'll help such people overcome those hesitancies yeah. and, and want to go on and read more about the, uh, in the Scripture itself.
0: And it's, it's done in a narrative form, right? Yeah, right. It's yeah. a
1: novel. It's engaging in its own way, I hope. I, I, uh, I certainly hope it's interesting. People have told me they found it, so it's not for me to say. So it's my book. I mean, you like it. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I'm in love with it, but that doesn't do me any good at all. <laughs> That's awesome. But I've gotten some very good feedback. I've gotten some good reviews. Oh, that is that Al Cresta That's at the top of the book cover? That's Al Cresta, yeah. What some, did Al Cresta have to say about it? He loved it. He called it a truly fresh approach, imaginative and absorbing. It doesn't get any better than that, That's right? solid.
0: That is solid. <laughs> but
1: other people... Uh, oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking. Well, oh, here you go. Who am I forgetting? Father Dwight Longenecker mm. gave me a nice endorsement. He's a great guy. So John lesquife if you know his stuff, he's a he's a friend of mine actually. I don't know him. He, he's a mystery writer. Oh, very New York Times bestselling author. So very cool. He gave me a nice endorsement. So hopefully, now the problem with the book right now is that it's not in general distribution. If you go try to look it up on Amazon, you're not going to find it. Mm. I had I had a distributor. Uh, We had some difficulties. Uh, I've had to pull it back, and the only place it's available is my website. And being a little self-serving, I'm never above such a thing, I would tell people to go to BillCastle.com, B-I-L-L, K-A-S-S-E-L, BillCastle.com, and you'll find all the information.
0: About Amazing, that. and we'll make sure to include that in the show notes and the description of the video. Ah. Um, absolutely, make it easier for people to find Good. This, Good. this masterpiece. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, the, one of the coolest things coming up for this book is that the upcoming Council of Bishops, they're going to be determining whether or not to add this to the canon,
1: ah, well, the canon of Scripture. I think it's about time. It, I, Boy, it's about time. Right, hey. Well, the, the the gospel of Castle. That's, that's <laughs> the gospel
0: according to Castle, two thousand <laughs> years later. Oh man, Bill, uh, you're doing some great stuff. You've done a lot of cool stuff in your life, and I, I appreciate the the care and, and tenderness. Like the, it, you clearly are so passionate about what you've done here, and, and I'm I think it's a worthy endeavor. I think that the more we can do along these lines to to help people connect dots and, and you know bridge gaps within scripture that, that makes it more accessible more, more um, yeah accessible I think is the word uh, where it it can be scary it can it can be a turn off when there are these unanswered questions and and almost like seeming plot holes in a sense yeah, yeah um, I,
1: I think that's that's true and w- we're married to certain ideas which make it difficult for people to accept yeah uh, I for instance i've I've found uh, that i uh, th- this book resonates more with Catholics than with Protestants. I, d- I didn't intend it to be a Catholic book as such. I'm, I certainly hope that it could cross denominational lines. But I've found, for instance, that Protestants are so wedded to the idea of Joseph, Mary, baby Jesus. That's mm-hmm. it. The Christmas card portrait of the Holy Family. Yeah. Uh, that they find it difficult to accept the idea that there were other people in the family and that there was a, more of a backstory in all of that. So, so it does have some denominational uh, differences around it, but uh, I, I, I've tried to overcome that. Uh, I, whether or not the book succeeds uh, remains to be seen, but uh, um, hopefully you know, it can reach out and be intriguing enough to, to get people to think.
0: Well, if nothing else, Bill, a lot of times, authors aren't truly appreciated until centuries later.
1: Uh, my wife keeps telling me that. She said, uh, <laughs> don't worry, it'll all come to fruition, only you probably won't be around to see it. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, viewers and listeners, if you're interested in checking out Bill's book, My Brother's Keeper, this is Bill Castle. Here it is. Here it is. This my is the, the rest brother. of the gospel that they were holding back from you. That's right. Um, <laughs> Please, please check it out. Uh, it'll be at BillCastle.com.
1: BillCastle.com.
0: All right, and we'll have the link in the video description and show notes. Uh, Bill, this has been a pleasure. You're such an awesome guy. I've really enjoyed uh, getting yeah, to know yeah. you and work with you here at the it's Momentum fun. Conference. It really
1: has been fun. We don't live that far apart. we got to get together. I don't
0: disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk to your son, too.
1: Right, right. Well, you, you, you of course, have more in common with him. With where There's a generational gap between the two of us. I'm older than dirt.
0: time Time is is like this. It, it, the generations between us are like nothing. Um, Bill, God bless you, man, and and keep keep going strong, man. You, you're doing awesome things, and I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you for coming on the Awakened Catholic Show.
1: Oh, thank you. Your ministry is very exciting. I really commend you for undertaking this. Thank you. This.
0: Thank you so much. Glory to God. And to you, viewers and listeners, this episode and our very presence here at the Momentum 21 conference with the Catholic Marketing Network, it was all made possible by Select International Tours. Select International Tours is the premier Catholic pilgrimage company in the United States, and they have partnered with us. They are sponsoring this episode, sponsoring our presence here. They have incredible trips. Nobody does it like Select International Tours. We're going on two pilgrimages with them this year. Please check it out. Select slash awaken I have been Nick Delatore. This has been the Awaken Catholic Show. This has been Bill Castle. Hey. And ladies and gentlemen, before you go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you.